0: Hey, I'm Samantha Saki from The Self Club. This podcast is a conscious rebellion to shift our mindset, our way of relating, and our educational system from fear towards truth, trust, and love. This new paradigm starts with you.
1: Well, that, that's part of what we'll talk through today, right, is explaining like how can you actually allow yourself to feel what you feel inside without necessarily demonstrating and expressing it on the outside so which is useful in times right there's times where emotion is appropriate to be expressed and other times where it's not so some important topics as well because I mean some of the stuff that we're talking about today doesn't get talked about in everyday conversation doesn't get talked about or taught in school and I mean heaven knows that parents, Uh, my parents certainly didn't ever discuss this kind of stuff and help me to understand my emotions. So I think it's some really cool stuff that a lot of people may not have been exposed to in the past. Well, hey,
2: Matt, that's it. And I think that is like part of what me and you talk about a lot. And this is what the self club stands for, right? Like, you know, talking about the self and acknowledging that feelings and how we feel are important is not common sense in our society yet. Yeah. We we still yeah. kind of it's it's crazy how feelings actually drive all of our decisions subconsciously, yeah. and at the same yeah. time we talk we 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 think or talk about feelings as if they were like not that important. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, it's um, such a dichotomy. A lot of people talk about stoicism and uh, kind of being, yeah, having your shit together or having your like, looking <laughs> like you're doing all right. and yeah. this rational mind as being the superior mind and not the emotional mind so yeah i think there's some some interesting views we can share around that
2: well um everyone welcome welcome to the self club's first live session um for those of you who don't know me or the self club my name is samantha saki and i am a coach i'm a strategist i'm an educator and, um, and the Self Club, which is a little baby um, that has been kind of evolving in the past two years, is on a mission to make the world a more um, self-aware, emotionally intelligent, and, and socially conscious place, all right? And that starts with you, it starts with me, it starts with one self um, at a time, all right? So um, today, we would like to welcome um, the awesome Matt Adam, who is a dear friend and um, he is an amazing coach specializing in emotional intimacy. Um, He's somebody that I really trust as well. So I'm actually really excited and honored um, to have you as as our first guest, Matt, Um, yeah.
1: Hey Sam, yeah, awesome. Thanks so much. Yeah, if you'd like
2: to share anything about yourself, um, just a little bit about your background, right?
1: Yeah, sure. So I think, I mean, I grew up pretty much just like everyone else, uh, standard, parents not great relationships and so on um, ended up choosing my own careers based on i think a lot of what my family wanted for me uh, then broke free of that and decided i should work out what i wanted and kind of lost myself for a while went through a depressed period struggle during that time which inspired me to learn about psychology and and coaching and then yeah i've been on a journey um, since then of self-discovery and understanding yeah emotional intelligence emotional intimacy and how to be okay with myself how to have a good relationship with myself as i didn't grow up knowing how to do that so yeah this is the, the next step in that journey
2: that is fantastic and i think that kind of background like yours and mine and the struggles that we have had right like fighting society and and the expectations of people and how to be our own authentic selves and well, how emotions come into play with all of this is going to be a really really fantastic um place to speak from right from our own personal experience yeah. because i'm sure everybody can yeah. relate to some of the stuff we're going to talk about in some way because we are all human yeah. and we all is have it? these emotions just with different triggers yeah. and situations. we're all perfectly um, imperfect yeah exactly exactly so um yeah. this is basically guys what we are going to talk about how can we get a little better at being human, all right? And being human, um, at the core of being human is, is feeling, all right, and is emotions, okay? So let's just go into a little bit of an intro. Um, in summary, what we'll be covering today um, yeah. are what is the difference between feelings and emotions, all right, one of the key points we'll be yeah. touching on. Um, second part is how to fully feel and what that means and what the key emotions are. And uh, yeah. and then how to manage them, right? So how to keep a cool head when you are feeling those emotions in different situations. And we'll talk about the different situations and yeah, how right. that might play out. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, and I think that's a, that's a really key point is to understand that, that all emotions are beautiful, right? They all serve a purpose. And yet the expression of that needs to be appropriate depending on where we're at, right? And obviously we see that some people don't express enough and they're a bit too robotic and shut down and others express... Way too much, and it's like, hey, look, this isn't appropriate for this situation or this context. And uh, yeah, being able to learn the complexities of that is it's really cool.
2: Yeah. yeah, totally. And and also, you know, I want to say we could probably be talking about this topic for like five days in a row, <laughs> and it would still not yeah. be enough, all right So yeah. we are going to try to keep it confined to like how to feel, right? We can go off on a million tangents. That's why we'll have a series of this like yeah. emotional and live then, webinars, and you'll have to
1: of rein me back in right (laughs) because yeah i'm a bit passionate about this topic so um yeah i might go off in tangents and just pull me back yeah
2: totally totally and i will be you know letting you go (laughs) off on your tangents and then slowly you know just get the (laughs) ver and just like reel you back in all right um cool all right well well, let's let's have matt look so tell us a little bit about why, why is it important yeah. for us to feel our emotions? What's up with that?
1: Yeah, well, and, and this is key, right? Cause we, I mean, why the hell should we care about our emotions or so on? Right? If, uh, if everyone's telling us that we should be learning to be more rational, right? And being able to cope with ourselves and uh, not show our emotions too much. And I think that's not necessarily the right answer because emotions are a key part in relationships right? and being able to demonstrate our vulnerability is one of the key things for creating love, right? So all emotions serve a purpose, right? So that's maybe the first thing to note, right, is that all emotions serve a purpose. No matter what they are, they, they have a function for us, right? There's a reason why they've evolved and why we feel them, right? So they're not things that we want to try to avoid. They're not a, an old pastime that we should like evolve out of, right? It's not really not the case. Actually, they are are the oldest part of us, which means they're the most mature. They're the things that's lasted the longest, the things that we've realized have been the most important in our survival. So yes, we can definitely say that each emotion serves a purpose.
2: And I love that because just with acknowledging that all of our emotions have a purpose, we automatically are a little more accepting of them. Like, oh, wait, Mm -hmm. so this that I'm feeling might be trying to tell me something yeah it's it. it's information yeah, yeah about yeah. myself
1: yeah and it's and it's either something that we can use to help us become aware of the outside or it's something that's helping us to connect more with what's important for us on the inside right so for an example i mean i love this idea of of because sadness is is an emotion that a lot of people have a lot of trouble with right We we experience sadness and if we Shut it down if we don't allow ourselves to experience or we get angry with ourselves for feeling sad, right? We can then get into kind of depressed periods, right? And this, this is basically this idea of looping our emotions, right? Is when we don't feel an emotion fully and we then kind of try to pull ourselves out of it by shaming ourselves or by, or by right, being angry with ourselves and wanting to change. So, this emotional looping of, of feeling sad and being angry about it and then feeling sad and being angry about it, this is what we call depression. And so there's a, there's a major element of this, which is yeah, learning that it's okay for us to feel those emotions and that they serve a purpose and it's useful. And, and, I,
2: I, yeah. you, you know, I think with this, like, it's really, really important for everybody listening to understand that in order for us to be a healthier, more functional society, we have to start talking about emotions, like if they were okay. Right, yeah. because the the, the issue the, the issue that this happens, the reason we judge ourselves for feeling sad, right, or that we're angry, that we're scared, like these kind of you know in, emotion inceptions, yeah. are yes. because we have such a bad relationship with it, right? Because we have a construct or a belief that fear is bad, feeling fearful is weak, yeah. feeling sad yeah. is weak, right?
3: Yeah, because yeah.
2: of those mental associations we start layering it up but if we start developing a healthier relationship with every single one of the emotions and we're like no being fearful is useful right this is the the first kind of benefit we're talking about like all emotions serve a purpose my fear there's a reason why it's there my sadness there's a reason for it's why it's there then the judgment part right That, that that belief that's not really useful starts fading away
1: yeah and maybe the first thing to kind of share about sadness uh, is to realize that it's it's probably the most fundamental emotion to help us accept something that we can't change, right? So the personal story for me, I mean, I, I lost someone this last year that I loved dearly, right? and it came about as a shock. No one expected it, and... I mean, in order for me to process that information and to update like the way that I see the world, right? And obviously the change that's happened, I didn't want it to happen. But sadness is what really helps me to connect with that and adjust my world, right? So sadness is really the the fundamental emotion for acceptance, accepting the things that we can't change.
2: Totally. And, And it's beautiful because when we allow ourselves to feel sadness, right? what happens is like sadness automatically makes you kind of like go in, right? You don't yeah. feel like going yeah. out to a party. Um yeah. you like there's like a a part of introspection that comes with like kind of curling in, crying, going inside of yourself, right? And and that is ultimately, right, yeah. a path to acceptance where if we're feeling sad but we're just like oh shots you know party yeah come on don't be sad let's go uh where does that go right that that experience and i guess that kind of leads that kind of leads to um where we're navigating to which is processing like yes what happens what what happens in that situation right what happens if i'm sad because something that happened I lost something and and guys like there's no right or wrong right we can be sad because we lost a job because of a breakup but it can be something small like I don't know like your plant you died plan. yeah <laughs> right like you lost your favorite pen I mean yeah. I don't yeah. know you know how appropriate certain emotional emotional reactions yeah. are with that but what happens if we're feeling sad Matt and yeah. we never actually allow ourselves to feel and we like avoid and yeah. go around and evade
1: yeah. what happens. Yeah, and obviously sometimes it's it's purposely avoiding and sometimes it's situational. Right? Sometimes we're in a situation where we just can't express or allow ourselves to process that information. Right? And this is what we call trauma. Right? So trauma is an experience that we have where we haven't been able to express or process the emotion linked to that experience. So it's unprocessed experience. Right? And obviously a lot of people talk about it in war times because it's very common for soldiers to experience something that was so shocking and so surprising for them that it didn't fit into the way that they saw the world. So they experience a very strong emotional response, but they're not in a situation where they can allow themselves to process the emotion. Right? So if let's say your, your, your comrade, if you like, next to you gets killed, right? and there you are fighting for your life, you can't stop and mourn and feel sad for the person. Right? So you have to carry on, right? And these are, these are moments where we can create trauma very easily because we're not processing the emotion of that experience, right? And it's, it's the emotion that helps us to understand what that experience meant to us.
2: Wow, right? I, I love this. I wanna like kind of repeat it again for our listeners because I think it's something we're not used to, right? These words that we hear like trauma, unprocessed emotion that's not normal vocabulary that we have going on so what Matt is saying no. guys is that trauma is unprocessed emotions yeah. emotion that we have not been able or allowed ourselves to feel
1: yeah and, and obviously this is why we get nightmares right it's why we get flashbacks is why we have triggers right we talk about triggers all the time and that's become common knowledge now to talk about triggers And all that is, it's it's us being reminded of a situation in the past where we haven't processed the emotion, right? So emotion comes up in the present, which is actually from the past, right? The experience was from the past, but yet the the emotion comes up in the present. And that's where we sometimes get situations where we're overly emotionally expressive. And it's like, whoa, what the hell just happened? I was having a good chat with this person, and all of a sudden, they they bite my head off. And it's like, well, that's probably because... I, we just triggered something in them, or they just experienced an emotion linked to the past, and they've got all this flood of emotion that's coming out, which they haven't the processed.
2: Yeah, so, and yeah. I have to say that I can I can really relate to that because sometimes when my you know I'll I be vul- vulnerable <laughs> yeah, vulnerable <laughs> in, in sharing this right now, like when my wounded little girl comes out, like when I'm suddenly like yeah. irrationally hurt, and yeah. you know it's like I feel. Like I wasn't allowed to feel something in the past. Like I, you know, I was, I was yeah. hurt. Like for example, I don't know when my brother, right? Used to like steal things from me or really annoy me or we used to get in like physical fights and then I was so hurt, but yeah. then our parents like were so angry yeah. that we were fighting that I yeah. have like this, like, like, no, but he did this. Like he should be punished, you know? Like, why aren't you letting me, be? like, I wasn't allowed to feel cause I just had to be yeah. okay with my brother, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. and, and a lot get of into the statistical... time right?
1: our emotions yeah a lot of the time our emotions as kids get shut down
2: yeah right? yeah
1: and obviously it's, it's it's an interesting idea and i was talking about that with my partner this morning is saying that like when we're very first born right, in the first few years our emotions are fully accepted it's like okay a baby cries it's like oh i'll come here i'll cuddle you i'll help you i'll give you what you need right And as we get older it becomes less and less accepted so much to the point where now, as adults, I mean, if we cry at work or something like that, then it's it's like, well, that's pretty really inappropriate. Why, why is she crying? Like, what's well, not okay? And actually, it's okay to have expressions in different situations. Yeah, it's a it's a key point is that when we get shut down as kids, we'll we we'll, we'll shame our emotional experience, right? and this is what's often the cause of us not being able to express our emotions in, as adults. Is that we would, like the emotion itself was shamed. So if, yeah. if we, like, a lot of women have this with anger, right? So there's, a, there's a, this idea that men have trouble with sadness and women have trouble with anger. It's like women are not allowed to be strong and fierce and powerful. It's like, well, we should, right? We should be able to. And that's that's something that, that girls get shut down a lot of as kids. And guys, is the sadness, like be a man, man up, right? big boys don't cry kind of idea. So for men, it's more sadness that isn't accepted. So those emotions are shamed. And then every time that we go to experience the emotion, we feel shame, right? And shame, again, a very useful inf- uh, emotion. It helps us to learn to not do the thing we just did. And right? so if we did something that was wrong and we learned that that was wrong, it's really useful we feel shame, Because right? it helps us to learn that that wasn't appropriate. Don't do that again, right? Useful information, right? Really useful. Right? we should learn that. Right? But then if we have a, a very functional, healthy emotion and we experience that and then someone shames the emotion, says that you shouldn't cry, you shouldn't be sad, then we learn to not do the emotion anymore. Right? And that's a major reason why we then get shut down now and we have shame around crying in front of people or we 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 don't learn how to manage our anger because we never learned how to deal and manage that. Because it's not easy to know what's what's the ideal expression of anger when you're uh, when you're unhappy about
2: something and and it's a vicious it's a vicious circle um it's a vicious circle because if as a right it's a vicious circle with the parents and the kids right if if as adults and we're all adults here listening in right if we do not allow ourselves to feel sadness or feel anger or feel fear right um and then we have a child (laughs) and we we project right our our own beliefs and we transmit them onto the child and we don't allow the child to have that emotion either. Right. And this is like a cycle that I think at some point we have to ask ourselves, can I break this? Can I break this? And the way you break it is not by necessarily being a certain way with your child. It's first you having a healthy relationship with the emotion yourself.
1: Yeah. And that's so important because it's, it's unconscious what we do with our children yeah right? it's completely unconscious like if we feel uncomfortable with anger or with sadness or with uh, any any particular emotion we will instantly right shut the child down right? we we will not pay attention to it we will avoid it we will we will like almost ignore them right and that's enough for them to shame that emotion if they mm-hmm. don't get attention every time they feel angry or they don't get attention every time they feel sad they learn very quickly that that doesn't equal love so they stop doing yeah. So even in, our, even in our very quiet, unbiased, like, oh, okay, I'll just, I, I'm will just, feeling triggered, I'll go off and, and feel my emotions in another room and let my child not expose my child to my trigger, even that abandonment is, is another way of teaching our children not to do it. So we need to learn how to be able to express and process these emotions appropriately so that we teach our children to do the same. Yeah. Yeah, And
2: and, and we will get into more details as to how to do that, because I think, you know, we'll get there in a little bit, because I think that's what we need. Right. It's like, oh, great. So, yeah. So we said all emotions serve a purpose. We should be comfortable with every single one of the emotions. Right. Because they're all healthy and they have to be felt and processed so that we don't create traumas inside yes. of ourselves and we don't create yeah. more triggers when we i'm just kind of summarizing what we're talking about when we allow ourselves to feel and process the emotion just kind of goes away right as most emotions do they just and we, go on we,
1: we process the emotion and it serves its purpose and it's done right it doesn't need to linger and hang about and the the experience as well has has served a purpose and we we've, we've updated our map of the world if you like and we then know what that what that meant, and we can use that and carry on. Right? It's it's it served its purpose. Let's say, yeah. So yeah. whether it be sadness, which is the emotion to help us to accept things we can't change, whether it's anger, which is the emotion that helps us to change something that we can change, like to defend ourselves, to protect ourselves, whether it's fear, which is there to help us to become aware and pay attention to what's happening, right? Because something important is happening where we need full attention. And all of these emotions really serve a purpose. Shame, right? It helps us to learn not to do the thing we just did, right? So it's all of them are really, really useful. And um, yeah, we want to learn and have that in our common knowledge that those emotions are useful for us. And yeah, we, we want to have them. It's the A lot of time it's the expression that, uh, that um, yeah, gets us caught up in problems, like how much we express or don't express of our emotions
2: yeah absolutely and 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 I think you know going into kind of another benefit of why we should allow ourselves um to feel besides that they all serve a purpose and not creating any kind of other trauma right so allowing ourselves to process is to be able to respond instead of react right so yeah. what is this notion of yeah you choosing a response instead of an emotion owning you and you just reacting?
1: Right. Yeah, so that's kind of like response versus reaction, right? Yeah, definitely. And, and and I think, well, this is really a cool segue to talk about the difference between a feeling and an emotion, right? Is that this is one of the first things we wanted to discuss, is that an emotion is very much a reaction, right? A situation happens, right? And it gets processed through our filters. So the way that we are, we look at the situation, right? And then we experience A physiological response right maybe our heartbeat raises maybe we start sweating maybe we get a bit tense or tight or or maybe we start to cry whatever the whatever the physiological response is right that's very much um, a reaction through the way that we see the world right so not just the world right? because obviously not everyone responds to the same situation the same way so it's not purely the world right Mm. but it's also not purely us right obviously the world and us have, a, have a, a game to play, right? There's an interaction there. Yeah. And so through the world and how we see the world, we then have a physiological response. Now, a collection of different physiological responses, we kind of gather together in our mind and understand and be like, okay, well now I, I this collection of, of sensations means I'm happy, right? Or this collection of sensations means I'm angry. Right? And obviously that's what we then class as an emotion. It's like a, a logical, clear understanding of what my physiological systems are doing. Right? So that's what we class as an emotion. It's a, it's a reaction. We didn't choose to feel it. Uh, we haven't purposely tried to put a meaning on the situation. It's like we've noticed an experienced, our senses have picked it up, and we feel something which is appropriate to how we felt in the past. Right? So if something bad happens, we feel sad. Something good happens, we feel happy. Right. but it's based on what our past experiences thought was good or bad and right. so that's what we call an emotion
2: and can you can you can you tell us about a little bit about how these different emotions might show up
1: right Is in terms of the physiological responses yeah yeah well, well certainly i mean if you think about anger right then you're going to get a bit of a, a, a tense tightness in your in your stomach Right? You're usually going to hunch over and clench your fist. Your jaw might be tighter. Mm-hmm. You might speak a little bit louder. And certainly your heartbeat's going to raise, right? Because it's preparing you for, for action, right? To do something, to either defend yourself or to fight for something. Right? So usually there's a response along those lines. If it's sadness, right? Then obviously it's, it's almost the opposite, right? It's an accepting feeling, right? So you're obviously going to go down. Your your body posture will clench down. Right? So anger, you stand up and you stand up strong. Sadness is the opposite. You shrink, right? You, you feel defeated. right It's an acceptance of something. You're surrendering to the situation. Yeah. So then, mm-hmm. obviously, you have, yeah, you get obviously tears, right? Is one, but before you get the tears, you get the tightening of the of the fa- the facial muscles and so on. So yeah, and and at the beginning, we're not necessarily very good at identifying which emotions we're feeling.
2: Like yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: And you ask a lot of guys, and it's not just guys because we all have issues with with different emotions, but you ask a lot of guys, like, what are you feeling? And they they actually don't, right? Because they haven't taken the time. They haven't been shown. And, and like, we talk about mirroring, right? And this is what happens with, with kids is that when a child experiences an emotion, the parent is there to demonstrate that emotion to the kid and say, oh, I can see you're feeling sad. Or right now I can feel you're feeling frustrated or anxious or or a bit perturbed, right? And all this vocabulary helps the child to understand what it is that they're experiencing.
3: Yeah, and exactly. And so it's mirrored
1: back to them by their parent. And when that isn't done, we, we're, we're numb to it. Right? We experience it, but we don't know what it is we're experiencing. It's just a it's a bunch of sensations.
3: So Yeah,
2: exactly.
1: And the difference between that and a feeling Right? to come
3: back to that yeah, idea. Yeah, exactly,
2: exactly, of that's the key point.
1: Is the meaning we associate to why we're feeling it. Right? Mm. So I can, I can feel a physiological response. Right? And for me, that would be sadness. Right? I can say, oh man, I feel sad. Right? But a feeling would be, I feel abandoned. It's a judgment about why I'm feeling sad. Right? Mm. So I might feel sad about something. Right? Let's say my mum leaves. Right? I'm five years old, my mum leaves. Right? But then it's not necessarily meaning abandonment, right? Because for, for some kids, right, their parent leaving for a while is like, yes! Mm-hmm. <laughs> my, mom, my, my parent just left, right? But it's the meaning they associated. That might have meant freedom for them. Right? But for another kid, right, they might experience sadness, and they might think, oh, they, they'll feel abandonment. Right? So the feelings are the judgment we put on the emotion, right? why we feel it. So I can feel sad, and that would be the emotion, or I can feel abandoned, and that's the judgment about why I feel sad.
2: So what? So what's the difference then between like a thought about the emotion and a feeling about the emotion? Right. Well, that's it. Right.
1: That that is right. You're having a thought about the about the emotion. Right. You're feeling a sensation. Right. You're feeling sad, and you want to understand why. Why do I feel sad? We don't know. Right. Our bodies are picking up information from the world all the time. Right? You walk into an empty You walk into a room with loads of people. You will experience all kinds of emotions, right? But you're not necessarily sure why, right? And your your brain is picking up on all the things you should be scared of, all the things you should be happy about. Right? There's maybe some nice music playing, but then there's someone looking at you funny. Right? And your body is picking up on all these things all the time. And right? your unconscious mind is trying to process it, and our poor old conscious mind is just trying to catch up, right? which is why our judgments, our feelings, what we say. Are usually a <laughs> best guess at best
2: and right? so so, so yeah. you, are, you are saying that feelings and yeah. thoughts are basically the same thing right like feelings are kind of thoughts about our emotions
1: it's yeah it's the meaning we've associated to the emotion yeah, which yeah. usually comes through thought right it, but it doesn't have to be it's, words yeah right? yeah it doesn't have to be words right it can be like a, a visual image that we're creating yeah.
2: Yeah. Like it's up so. here. It's yeah. not like a, a yeah a physical response. Yeah. It's yeah. And you know that that's interesting because I don't know if you guys have ever had a conversation with somebody and they say something like, "I feel like it's not going to work," right? <laughs> like I just right. I'm just trying to like what does that mean, right? I think if I could interpret something like that, it's more like well I feel fear, right? right. I feel fear and my thoughts are trying to avoid the feel that I might fear if that doesn't work.
1: <laughs> yeah, there
3: you go.
2: Right?
1: So, we, so yeah, so then we tell ourselves, okay, well, this probably won't work. So we say, I feel like this won't work. Right? And, and maybe it's true, maybe it doesn't work. Right? And that's where our intuition is kind of useful sometimes to help us to understand, like, from this collection of emotional responses based on what I'm seeing, right, this feels like the past situations where things didn't work. right. And that might be accurate right? because it's basically our experience. We're always comparing what we see now to everything we've ever experienced. Right? And that's a useful comparison for us to identify feelings and say, well, why do I feel sad? Well, I feel sad because this isn't going to work right? or I feel upset, whatever it is. Yeah.
2: You know, and there's I like this concept because um, some of you listening might know that before in research, there there are these... Notions of like the core universal emotions that everybody feels and that have similar face yeah. expressions, right? That's what I studied in my masters. And you know, there's <laughs> yeah. still a lot of that going on. But I like that there, there's this book by Lisa Barrett, and it's called mm-hmm. How Emotions Are Made. Um, she's a professor at Northeastern University, and she challenges that notion. She challenges the notion mm-hmm. that there's like these fixed emotions that are located in, in different parts of our brain, and she mm-hmm. She kind of poses this theory of constructed emotion. So she says mm-hmm. that no emotion is hardwired; rather, they are all constructs made by our previous experience. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. There's, it, yeah, and, th-
1: and I guess there's a bit of overlap with that in terms of like what, like obviously there'll be common emotions that all of us experience that we can identify and be like, okay, well you're feeling this, I'm feeling this. Well, I think. I think that matches. I think we're both experiencing happiness, right? And you can see yeah. it on their face. They're smiling, they're joyous, exactly. and so on. And you're like, well, that matches. But yet, why they're feeling that and what experience they've just had, right, which generated that positive feeling that's not necessarily the same for everyone.
2: Exactly. And, and I, I, like, I like this, right? Rather than just being like sadness, anger, fear, because it does get messy sometimes. And like, like she says, there's no two definitions of sadness that will be exactly the same right the way that you experience sadness and the way i experience sadness will be so related to my past what has triggered my sadness in the past whether right. i was allowed to feel it in the past or not right, right. how i felt yeah. about myself and others felt about me feeling that right it's yeah. so complex the relationship we have with the different emotions um yeah. that it's normal right that our past experiences shapes the relationship right. we have with the emotion today and how we live it this
1: this kind of reminds me of what we talked about, I did the, the very short Instagram video before saying that there's
2: like
1: groups of people, right? and you can see that some people are very much shut down. They don't allow themselves to experience emotion, and they might tell themselves that emotions are weak, right? That it's a weakness, right? And you should have a rational mind and think rationally and make decisions based on that, and not let emotions get in the way, right? And maybe, right? There's some, there's some value to that as well. Right? And then another group of people who are very emotional. Right? They're almost overly expressive, right? It's almost drama-inducing. Right? And those people might feel like, well, emotions are, are true. They're fact, right? That I can feel them. It's a fact that I'm feeling this. Right? And that, again okay, has a benefit as well, but also has a downside. Right? And a lot of this comes back to our childhood, right? And obviously, psychologists all the time try to bring us back to our childhood when we talk about our, our emotional experiences. And it's for a good reason. And it's because you've heard of these different attachment styles. I don't know if you've heard of uh, John Bowlby, because he talked about attachment theory. And this is the idea that basically children who have a secure attachment with their parent, which means that they can reliably count on their parent to provide comfort as and when they need. And comfort doesn't mean making it better. Mm -hmm. Comfort just means being with them as the child experiences the emotion. Mm -hmm. It's not being pushed away and it's not being encouraged. Right? They're not trying to fix the problem. They're just being. There with the child as they experience it and this creates secure attachment while if if the child is ignored right and nobody comforts them and, and the child just experiences the emotion but nothing gets any better right then they can quite often create this what we call an avoidant attachment right which is where the, the child doesn't like to experience emotion and doesn't express it and, and thinks it's not a good thing right and they kind of shut down and they go inside their shell right so that's the avoidant emotion. Right. right while the other side is is the anxious right type the anxious attachment and that's when like right, it's it's almost it's hit and miss whether the mum or the parent will be there for the child Right, so then they basically the child learns that all they have to do is be persistent in their expression of emotion and eventually someone will come along and fix the situation but they're not coming along to soothe the child right they're not coming along to be there with the child as it experiences the emotion. They're coming along to fix the situation. They'll come along and they'll break up the siblings who are fighting. Right? Or they'll come along and, and, and give them food right? if they're hungry. Right? They're coming along to fix the situation, but it's not soothing the child in their emotional experience. It's only fixing the rational, exterior, physical environment.
2: Yeah. And so then you get these
1: two, uh, two attachment styles which are yeah, either anxious or avoidant, right? but not yeah. secure.
2: Yeah, and I'm already like associating those styles with people that I might know, um, funnily enough. Right. But, and, and the funny thing, th- this gets, I think, into, like, I think we have to do another session on this second part of emotional intelligence, right? Which is how to handle and deal with other people's emotions, right? In an emotionally right. intelligent or functional way. Yeah. Um, but definitely the first place to start everyone is first with seeing how we relate to those emotions, because right. that's going to project onto everyone else.
0: This conversation you just heard is a fragment of a live conversation which was part of a bigger series that Matt Adams and I recorded back in April 2020 at the beginning of the lockdown here in Melbourne, Australia. Learning to feel and process our emotions is at the base of the work that both Matt and I do. In Unapologetic... The 12-week program for women. This is one of the things that we learn and we've just opened enrollments for September 13th, 2021. So if there are any women listening that are interested in becoming more intimate with themselves, with their emotion, with the feminine, reach out because this might be for you. I wanted to remind you that this podcast is a conversation between two people and stories and different views and myself and everyone on this podcast has the right to change their opinion at any given moment and none of what is said here is advice or what you should do with your life. You take full responsibility for yourself and take what serves you from what we speak on in this show. Take care. See you soon. We can't possibly do this alone. So if you're ready to commit to your growth and inner work, make sure to check out our membership and programs to keep you connected, conscious, and aligned. See you there.